Hello, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. <sighs> is that? Okay, I was going to say, is that your name? <laughs> it is now. And, and I'm Matt. And we just got off watching the Louisiana Tech Grambling State game, a game that ended up with a final score of Louisiana Tech 20, Grambling 14. Matt, what are your initial thoughts? Pain. <laughs> uh, I knew it was going to be a close game. In the back of your mind, you're always hoping that it's going to be a blowout, like Evan suggested it might be. But it was close, like I believe you and I, Nathan, figured it would be. It was a lot closer than I thought it would be, especially towards the end with their blatant onside kick coming in and tech looking like they had no idea it was coming yeah not good just not good i mean i know we'll probably bring stats a little bit later but just i don't know i think like evan said in our the group chat just really uninspired yeah, I'll go ahead and take over from there. Um, it was awful, man. Everything from the play calling to the just the effort level on defense. I mean, I get it. It's hot, right? It's really hot. But Grambling was tackling our players. We couldn't tackle their players before they gained 10 yards. I mean, what the hell? I'm going to try my very best to not make Nathan put the explicit tag on this episode. <laughs> but I mean, the play calling from Skip on the offense, the offensive side of the ball was just, again, in the second half, I mean, let Jamar throw, man. 17 for 25. Dude, let him throw the ball. Like, what are we doing running up the gut three plays in a row and it wasn't working and that freaking toss sweep to smoke i get it you want to get him in space but it didn't work like three times and then it finally worked the very last time we tried to do it but like we straight up should have lost this game there's no doubt in my mind that if grambling would have just kicked field goals instead of going for it on fourth down inside of our 10 yard line we would have been tied going to overtime and i mean if they had gotten an extra inch on one of those fourth down attempt i mean we're losing this game no doubt so i i'm completely baffled and i can't wait to hear what nathan has to say maybe it'll make me feel better I, it it won't um <laughs> we were previewing this game we brought the ulm game last week and we said that the game was closer at the half and ULM kind of pulled away and grambling didn't score any in the second and it was basically the opposite this week in the first half tech scored their 20 points in the second half tech scored zero in the first half grambling scored zero points in the second half grambling scored 14 this was just a game of two halves really even running the ball late if we look at what our running backs averaged on the ground. Tucker averaged 4.4, Dancy averaged 9.8, Justin Henderson averaged 3.8, even Jamar averaged 3.1. You think if you have running backs that are averaging those numbers, you can gain a first down in three plays. Just run, run, run. Unfortunately, when we were trying to do late were those little or forward toss things to Smoke Harris or trying to get a little more cutesy with it. Either we needed to pass the ball because passing was working for us or we needed to run the plays that were working for us already. And that Smoke Harris play just isn't working. We tried it three times. It resulted in a total of five yards. <laughs> where did Dancy go in the second half? I mean, where was he for the first two thirds of the first half? Uh, 9.8 yards per carry? Yeah, I think my understanding is that they're worried about injury concerns with him. They're worried if yeah. they play him too much, then he won't be available for the rest of the season. So in a game like this, having him on a five carry snap count makes sense as long as you are relatively certain you're going to win the game, which, right. uh, yeah, about that. Yeah, I think Smoke's a great athlete and he's got a lot of quick. He showed his versatility trying to fight out of those tackles, but I think he's a, a whopping 5-6. Yeah, and that play will work against some opponent, but I mean, it didn't work the first two times you tried it, and then you tried it again, and it, you know. It started to seem like Skip was acting like the pesky child who's like, no, it'll work, it'll work, just trust me, it'll work, it'll work if just keep doing. And uh, yeah, it just, it wasn't happening. So, uh, Nathan, what were you going to say? Yeah, in those plays, they take time to develop, right? A simple handoff to the running backs quick, they get moving, 
And if the offensive line is losing its battle, you don't notice because the running back's already at that first level. And then if they're doing a good job, they can sometimes get to the second level, even with a less than stellar O-line. But when you have those reverse plays or those jet sweep plays to the wide receiver, those take time to develop. And if the offensive line isn't winning their battles, then those plays aren't going to work. And that's what was happening all night or afternoon, I guess. It should have been at night. Uh, yeah, it should But have even been. beyond that, Smoke Harris was effective on kickoff returns. We, oh, yeah. we saw it in the stats back him up. He had one for 43, and I don't feel like doing math, but his average is 37 and a half. And he had two of them. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to Smoke Harris. I, I think it's more of the play calling that was kind of setting him up. I mean, why not do a swing screen to him? That worked against Texas. You know, I mean, I guess they maybe Grambling had game plan for that. I don't know. The second half, I was just beating my head against the wall, basically, because, again, the defense was allowing 10 to 12 yards per play on easy plays that Grambling had been running the entire game. And like I said, I get it. It was 110 degrees on the field or whatever, but Grambling wasn't doing that against us on defense. So I yeah, And Grambling's also playing in those 110 degree field conditions. Right. So if it's an excuse for one team, it's an excuse for the other. I mean, if Diaco's system is bend but don't break, they technically didn't break, I guess, because we won, right? But But that's not the system that we need to be after, though. I've never, ever believed the philosophy of playing not to lose. What is that famous Herm Edwards quote? You play to win the game. So for the love of God, go out there and play hard. I mean, I'm not not questioning the effort of the players, but I'm definitely questioning Skip's decision-making because to score no points in the second half, it boggles my mind. Because we have such great players. Jamar played fairly reasonably. I mean, eight incompletions. He had no turnovers. So why not just air it out a little bit? Why not spread the field? Why don't get some playing time to your players in preparation for conference play? I don't know, guys. Am I correct in remembering that Tech had no turnovers? Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. No fumbles, yeah. no interceptions. Or at least no fumbles that they lost. We almost lost to a freaking, like, middling FCS program. No disrespect to Grambling, but, like, they're not North Dakota State, right? We almost lost lost to them with no turnover. In all fairness though, we've been talking about tech a lot, obviously this is GTBB, but Grambling, I don't know how well the SWAC is lined up. I don't know what kind of competition they're going to be playing, but Grambling looks like a pretty darn good team, guys. I mean, they got some really good players, and that quarterback's not half bad. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous of Jeremy Hickbottom's ability to make plays work when they don't seem to be working. But yeah, so we've, again, I think we've already kind of answered this in our initial thoughts, but Evan, did Tech go? And if they did or did not, did they die? Well, they certainly did not go. I mean, the first half was good, I would say. I mean, Grambling still drove the ball and just, you know, they missed a field goal and then decided to go for it on fourth down. And Tech drove the ball pretty effectively and had over 250 yards at the half. It was the second half where Tech did not go. And I would say they died in the second half, but they made enough plays on fourth down basically to hold on and win the game and forced a fumble also inside the 10-yard line. Shout out Connor Taylor, who's hopefully okay after getting hurt there at the end. But yeah, I'm going to say they definitely did not go did everything could to die but somehow are still their heart is still beating a little bit so i couldn't agree more with what evan just said what flashes in my mind is that's in the incredibles where the guy jumps off the building and is about to die but mr incredible grabs him and pushes him to glass that's kind of like what tech did today it felt like going into the half i'm like man tech is going we are going then uh, up 20 to zero and then as the second on, I was like, oh no, not only have we not gone, we might die. I agree with Evan entirely. It was pretty heinous. Yeah, I would say, I don't think they died only because of that last defensive stop. The defense had been bending, not breaking or whatever, the entire game, but forced a three and out or a four and out really after Grambling recovered the onside 
kick. It was like, hey, okay, no, this is real. We need to play. And they played. They showed up when they needed to show up and secure the win. If this wasn't Grambling, if this was some Kusa school that we were playing this week and we were able to take out a win like that, they got the onside kick, the all's lost moment kind of thing. And then the defense made a big stop right there. We'd be celebrating the defense. Yeah, for sure. So I think Tech did not go, but they, they also didn't die. Right. Yeah. Uh, Evan, do you have a player of the week? Or sorry, a player of the game. It's been a long game. It felt like a week. I'm trying to think of anyone to give it to other than Connor Taylor. He forced a fumble inside the 10 that basically you could argue won the game for Tech. Yeah, likewise, Connor Taylor. I mean, he played lights out. He uh, forces that fumble, which was huge at that time. But not only that, guys, he was all over the field. He, yeah. was, he was playing lights out football. Uh, I know at one point he lost his helmet. It came off and the play-by-play and color guy up in the booth were like, oh, what a gladiator. Look at that hair and stuff like that. Oh, God, what did he <laughs> uh, say? He said he had some kind of plume. I don't remember the, I don't, I don't <laughs> the adjective he said. Oh, man, I wish I remembered that. They were certainly enamored with his uh, uh, aesthetic appearance. But <laughs> while he was yeah. while he is aesthetic pleasing to some, he is also a really good ball player. He reminds me a lot of another defensive player we had a few years ago. I don't remember his name. It was Nick something. He was number four, I think. He was another uh, kind of spry springboarding oh, yeah. tackler. Nick Thomason? Was that the guy you're thinking of? Maybe. It certainly isn't Nick Isham. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I know. Okay. That he went undrafted and uh i had a geography class shout out to nick whoever you are on the note of connor taylor as well i mean just i wish everybody on our team tackled like he does on every single like hit he gets in there man yeah i'm, I'm not going to pick him for mine only because i picked him last week and i don't want to all three of us pick the same one it really looks like when he's out there you just placed a random nfl player out there with a normal college football defense he just makes the big play and always seems to be in the right place at the right time but yeah my player of the game is going to be bailey hale because everyone to dunk on him when he misses we're going to cheer him on when he makes it. yes good choice i was gonna go with him i thought of him after i said Connor. yeah to go two for two from both field goals and extra points and also set a new career long with 48 which is not yeah. nothing is worth celebrating and it, it would have been good from a couple more yards too so yeah. and that's the difference in the game too guys i mean yeah. those two field goals he makes yep. yeah i mean that's the difference in the game yeah do either of y'all have any other thoughts y'all want to get in before we go to our break i don't know the pessimism that i'm feeling right now is kind of like I feel like it's unwarranted, right? Because we just won a game and it was a rough game. It was hot, you know, blah, 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 excuses. But like, man, I just, I don't know what to think about this team right now. And I think, you know, we won't find out. Maybe next week we won't find out either. I don't know. And I guess I'll agree with all of that. I still don't know what kind of football team we're looking at here. Uh, I don't know what the identity is on uh, offense or really on defense. I mean, because you're, you're giving up a lot of plays, but some, some of your guys are still making the big plays when they matter. But I I think the real head scratcher is the offense. I'm not really sure what we're trying to do on that end of the ball. Skip, if you're listening, and we all know you are, please uh, let us know at your earliest kids. All right, and we'll be right back to preview Tech's next game against Bowling Green right after this break. Hi, and welcome to the break. Just like the NFL Network broadcast Saturday, we're going to be spending this halftime break talking all about the Antonio Brown signing with the Patriots. So get ready for 15 minutes of in-depth analysis of an NFL roster move. Just kidding. Let's get back to the show. Hi, and welcome back from the break. Now to preview the Bowling Green game this Saturday, I welcome uh, Evan again. Yo. And Jake. What's up? 
Jake is our call-in for everything Mac. So, Jake, can you tell us about Bowling Green as a football program? Well, I think the first thing that you have to understand about Bowling Green is that when you're trying to get there, you'll be very confused as to where it is because there's lots of cornfields, cornfields, and then cornfields, and then suddenly there's a football stick. So <laughs> that is, uh, you know, that should tell you a little bit about maybe why they are where they are. So they're in a state of kind of flux right now where they had a real bad season last season, fired their coach, and so they've gone with a, with a new coach that they feel pretty good about. But just like most of the schools in the MAC, that remains to be seen. Obviously, they haven't started off real hot, so we'll see if he can actually make anything happen but you know he's got a coaching staff and guys people may have heard of which bodes well for them brian van gorder was at notre dame for a while terry malone apparently the guy who made jimmy graham so they're a side that might be something in a couple of years but right now they're they're kind of where most of the schools in the mac are it's not very good yeah like tech they've played two games this year the first one was against the fcs opponent the morgan state bears they won that game 46 to 3 evan you want to tell me about that game yeah i mean they just did whatever they wanted to against morgan state i I mean, pretty much what we wanted to see against Grambling was what they did to Morgan State. Unfortunately, we did not see that against Grambling for us, but they had 294 yards passing, mostly from their senior quarterback, Darius Wade. Uh, they had a backup come in late in the game when it was a blowout. He was 22 for 32, 253 yards and three touchdowns. So really solid day for him. But ultimately, Bowling Green is a team that wants to run the ball. Against Morgan State, they ran the ball 63 times. So 32 passing attempts for their starting QB 63 runs in the entire game for 326 yards but only added two scores there on the ground and they're going to be led on the ground by senior running back Devon Jones who had 16 carries against Morgan State and then their lead back is a junior named Andrew Clare who actually sat out their second game due to a foot injury but he dressed for the game so I assume he'll be ready to go against Tech yeah so I, I mean it was it was your typical like FBS smackdown of a FCS in week one they held Morgan State to 70 total yards of offense and racked up almost 600 themselves. So, I mean, there's not much you can take away from that game, really. It was a complete blowout. Then they had a second game. Nathan, you want to tackle that one? Yeah, if the first game was them doing the blown out, the second game was them getting blown out. They lost to Kansas State 52-0. to The offense really could not do anything in that game. They only were able to get 140 yards, total yards, passing and rushing in the game. Zero for 11 on third down. Zero for two on fourth down. Only five times were they able to move the chains. Evan, you said you watched that game? Yeah, so I, I watched the first half because I was like, oh, this is, you know, it was on at noon. Tech didn't play till 3.30. So luckily there were some other games on I was keeping my eye on. But man, it was hard to watch a team get just smacked that much. I mean, Kansas State, they did whatever they wanted to. And what they wanted to do was run the ball. So they dominated the trenches. You know, Tech basically allowed Grambling to do whatever they want on the ground in the second half. That's what Kansas State looked like the entire game. They just were getting, you know, six yards up the field before anyone got in their way. And then Kansas State has such good perimeter blocking and they played their fundamentals so well that they were averaging 7.9 yards per carry in the first half, which is, I think it was 38 nothing at halftime. So I turned it off and was like, I've learned what I needed to learn from this game. So yeah, unfortunately, I don't necessarily think that that tape is going to be very helpful for Tech because we're not Kansas State and Kansas State is not us. They only attempted 19 passes in the game, racked up 188 yards though. So I mean, that's a pretty good average, but yeah, 333 yards on the ground in the game the average ended up coming down to 5.7 yards per carry but again in the first half when it was still a contest it was eight yards a carry that's ridiculous yeah uh jake do you have anything else about how they've looked this year 
I think you're right. There's not much you can take away from, you know, putting the smack down on, on Morgan State. And, you know, I think when you think about Kansas State, when you look at Kansas State as a, as a Mac school, that tends to be one of the places where you, you expect to be able to come out and fly the Jolly Roger, you know, and maybe take down one of those Power 5 scalps. So to see them just go out there and get smacked by a, a Power 5 really is get the lower end. Uh, disappointing as a Mac fan, but it's not very surprising. It's come to be with Bowling Green that you know, they tend to they tend to be one of the, the bottom dwellers of our conference right down there with Axe. Yeah, and if you look at where Kansas State ranks, I didn't see a number next to their name, so I looked up to see where they were rated, at least on SP+. And they're ranked 48th in the nation, which is respectable, but not a top-tier program. That's going into this weekend. That may change, and that's SP+, isn't infallible. But that's also one position higher than Southern Miss. You know, if I were a Bowling Green fan coming off of that 46-3 victory going into Kansas State, I'm saying to myself, man, I know we're 25-point underdogs here, but like, just got a new coach, and they're trying to figure some things out themselves, you know? So I could see myself talking my brain into believing that we could pull that upset and then to just come out and they could not do anything at all. I don't know when they got their five first downs, but I wouldn't be surprised not a single one of them was in the first half when the game mattered. So it's kind of interesting because it's the opposite of Tech where they played a top-ranked team and obviously we got blown out, but we felt okay coming out of it. And then we played an FCS team that we still beat, but like we feel crappy about it. And it's kind of the opposite, like Bowling Green must be completely demoralized after that Kansas State loss, but they felt great coming off of the first win of their coach's tenure against Morgan State. So so let's go ahead. Jake, how do you think that Tech could somehow miraculously pull the victory out against a bottom of the barrel, what it sounds like, Bowling Green program? I think that, you know, you just got to come out and assert what you want to do. Uh, you know, Evan said that they were getting ran all over at Kansas State, so you hope to get the running game going early. You know, hope to, as I was watching you guys play Grambling, you guys had a, an H-back who was uh, running the ball and catching the ball to the backfield. But, you know, if you get him going, you get the running game going. That's the key to victory is just to really pound these guys into submission on the ground, you know, and then open up your passing measure. Yeah, Evan, what do you think? Yeah, I'll add on that. It's kind of a broken record at this point if you've listened to our episodes so far, but we need to establish a running game. I'm going to say this week, I was so just befuddled by what Skip was doing in the second half against Grambling. I get it. We were up, so we want to run the clock. But like, dude, Jamar was completing close to 70% of his passes. Like, let him throw the damn ball. I don't care if he throws the ball 50 times a game, if it's working, you know? Like, we hear so much about this wide receiver group, and Isaiah Graham has, what, one target the whole year? Like, I don't I don't know, man. I think we can pass on these guys as much as Kansas State ran on them and as much as the film is going to tell you, like, keep pounding the rock. If we're only getting three yards, four yards, and then stuffed on third down, like, hey, man, maybe play action pass. That's all I'm asking, you know? And then just defensively be ready. Bowling Green wants to run the ball. And when you want to run the ball, you can't look like Tech looked against Grambling in the second half. I mean, really, the whole team just can't look like what they looked like in the second <laughs> half against Grambling, and we should be fine. Yes. You do need to score points to win football games. And if you look like Tech does in the second half against Grambling, you aren't going to score any points. Yeah, and you mentioned Jamar's 67% completion percentage last Saturday against Grambling. It's a little early in the season to be looking at these season-long stats and rankings. But Bowling Green against, if you combine Morgan State and their Kansas State performances, they've allowed a completion percentage of around 74%, which is in the bottom half of college football. So completing passes against this defense shouldn't be that difficult. But really what you need to be able to do is protect Jamar and allow him to make those throws. Especially because if we worry about the opponent's rushing game, we were worried about Grambling running the ball, and they did it fairly successfully. They ran the ball for 4.2 yards per carry, which is decent. But after they ran 6.6 yards per carry against ULM, we 
were a lot more worried about that than maybe we should have been. So I'm not really worried about stopping the run of Bowling Green. I think that may be still an issue. But if we can pass protect and allow Jamar to throw the ball and not just screen plays, then we can easily win this game against a team that's supposed to be not very good. And if we play right, we can show off the fact that they aren't supposed to be very good. Yeah. Yep. So Jake, how do you think Tech can lose this game? You can lose the game if you come out and play like you did against Grambling. <laughs> kind of show up and, and roll out the colors and expect, you know, any MAC team to just kind of lay down. Uh, I don't think you're going to get that. I think, you know, something that you're going to get out of Bowling Green or any time you come up and play a, a MAC team, you're going to get a team that's going to keep on rolling with you. The way to lose it is to go up, you know, 20 points early in the game and then completely take your foot off the accelerator and let them come back into the game doing whatever do. Those are mistakes that you can't make against a FBS school. If you want to win, you can't come out and act like you won just by showing up yeah yeah i'll agree with that i mean i think the remember the alamo of this scene just be like remember the second half against rambling don't do that you know and and i want to add that there's a lot of talk about bend but don't break and you know i guess that worked technically we got a w on the schedule but look just make your damn tackles and get some push up front on defense and on offense like nathan was saying and you won't have to rely on turnover luck and fourth down stops at the four yard line to win in the end of the game, you know? So to lose, I think if we just let Bowling Green dictate the way that they want to play the game, which is going to be on the ground, and if we can't stop them from doing that, we're going to lose. This may not be the right time to bring this up, but I just looked up the forecast and it's not going to be 110 heat index, like 125 degrees on the field in Ohio next Saturday. So that's great. It's 79 high on Saturday and uh, a 20% chance of, of showers. So should be in the mid 70s around kickoff and upper 60s by the time the game ends. So, I mean, that's freaking phenomenal compared to the hellscape that was Rustin last weekend. So, yeah. And for my How Tech Can Lose, I will say something that's probably pretty applicable at any game, and that's turnovers. Tech has been pretty good so far on turnovers. They didn't turn the ball over at all against Grambling and against Texas. I know there was that interception that Jamar threw, and I think a fumble or two as well. Those are game colors. You can play well, all sides of the ball, have a great offense, have a great defense, but if you turn the ball over, there's not much you can do to recover from it. You can kill any progress you make with a turnover or with an interception or with a fumble. So Evan, I see you have some players to watch on the Bowling Green side. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, kind of broken record, but... There are two running backs, specifically Andrew Clare, who I'm not sure what his status is, but it seemed like a game-time decision against Kansas State with a foot injury. Uh, But he led the team with about 90 yards against Morgan State. And then Devon Jones as well, the the senior and the junior. Those are the main guys, but they also have a bunch of running backs. They'll get involved if the running game is, is going smoothly. Against Kansas State, only four ball carriers got involved. But against Morgan State, when they imposed their will on their opponent, they had something like a half dozen or maybe up to 10 different ball carriers, some with up to like nine carries. So stopping their running game, specifically the two main guys will be a key because we don't want them cycling in their backups because those guys are getting gassed from running for 20 yards against Tech every time they touch the ball. Their starting quarterback, Evan mentioned, is a senior who transferred in with the coach. So he transferred in from Boston College. So, you know, just be aware that he's a, he's a guy who knows the system that he's playing in, and he's a guy who can hurt you with his experience if you let it. Yeah, and I was going to point to him as well, because I mentioned turnovers a second ago. He hasn't thrown a single pick all year, and that's including playing a game where you're down 52 to nothing. You yeah. think that's when he start forcing the ball into situations. Granted, he had a 2.8 QBR, which is <laughs> uh, not great, but he didn't 
turn the ball over, which is pretty big. So let's move on to the moment you've all been waiting for. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, the final predictions. Jake, what do you think? So as much as I'd love to try to hoist up the old skull and crossbones with the Mac logo on it, but you know what? Bowling Green cost Akron millions of dollars a couple years ago when they randomly decided to beat Northern Illinois. <laughs> so with that in mind, I'm going to take the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's program changing money. <laughs> they randomly decided. <laughs> they, they woke up one morning and decided they were going to cost every other school in Mac million dollars by preventing Northern Illinois from going to a BCS game. And so because of that, I'm going to take the dogs by third. Give me Louisiana Tech 52, Bowling Green 22. Wow. Had to do the math in my head there. <laughs> Evan, what do you think? Well, look, I really don't know what to think about Tech, and I certainly don't know what to think about Bowling Green from their two games so far either. But what we thought at the beginning of this year was that it was going to be a relatively easy game for Tech to come in and win. I don't necessarily like the way we match up with them in our run defense so far, but what Nathan just said about holding Granville to 4.2 per carry when they ran for 6.6 against ULM and ULM has a pretty decent run defense returning from last year. So I don't know, maybe maybe we'll come out and impose our will defensively. I really think that if we get the passing game going, we're going to win this game because it looks like the secondary for Bowling Green lost a lot of production from last year and it wasn't great production either, according to Bill C. So I'm going to go ahead and say Tech's going to win this game by passing. I don't think we'll see a hundred yard rusher for tech or anything like that. But I think Jamar will have a big day throw for over 300 yards again and tech will end up winning. I'll say 34, 21 tech. Yeah. I'll kind of split the difference a little bit. If I look at what Massey says, Massey predicts for tech to beat Bowling Green by six. I don't think it will be quite that slim. I think tech wins by two scores, hopefully two touchdowns. I think the defense will give up a couple touchdowns just based off of those kinds of drives that Gramlin was able to put together with running the ball. But if Tech goes up by a bit, by passing the ball, if Tech goes up 24 nothing, 21 nothing, 24-7, something like that, then Bowling Green has to get away from the running game just to get back into the game. And I think that's where Tech will be able to, to pull away. So I'm going to say Tech wins. I also have to do some math in my head really quick. I think Bowling Green 14, Tech 35. And right. that pretty much wraps it up for this part where we look at our matchup against Bowling Green this week. So we're going to go ahead and say bye to Jake. Thanks so much for coming on the show. No problem. Uh, Evan, you got a preview for the contest this week? Yeah. So first, I'll give a quick shout out to uh, Brian Basinger, I believe is how you'd say that, for winning the contest this week with 17 points. A little bit lower scoring, and you can read all about the contest. Check your scores on the website. The contest recap is part of our weekly recap post that comes out on Monday. Day. So go check and see how you did. And also, real quick, if you win, I need you to tweet at the account or email uh, gotechpleasedontdie at gmail.com so that I can get your address, send you uh, your stickers. So the question for this week, Nathan, is to predict the total number of passing yards Jamar will have in first half. Break that down for me. How would you approach that? Yeah, so I would probably throw Texas out the window if I was looking at box scores of games so far this year. But looking at the game against Grambling, he ended with 220 yards and I don't have it in front of me, but I'll bet a lot of that was in the first half when we were, yeah. you know, passing the ball. So against a team like this, if we're able to pass protect Jamar and actually throw the ball, I would expect that number to be higher against a team like this. So I'm more gut feeling this time than usual, but I'll say 190 yards in the first half. And that's my optimistic view, but you're predicting us to come out and kind of impose, which I think is a safe bet. I mean, if we want a game, that's the deal. So there's also a difference between what I 
I think would work and what I want to do and what actually happens. But right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's basically what you do. Once we're later into the season, I would probably look at, you know, his passing total. One thing just for any listeners out there that play the contest, make sure you read the questions carefully because sometimes this is total number of passing yards. So 190 is a pretty good guess probably for that. Now, if it was his average yards per attempt, 190 is not even possible. So like a lot of people keep doing that. So just make sure you read the question carefully. But yeah, for this one, I'm just going straight gut feel on this one. I'm not even worried about like what he did against Texas in the first half and what he did against Grambling in the first half, because you just never know. I think it would be reasonable for Tech to have 200 yards at halftime. And I'll say 133 of that is passing. So that's my guess. So the contest again will be out on Wednesday. So make sure you check that out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then for the Kusa tweet of the week, Evan, you have something for this? Yeah, I think it was right near the end of the Grambling game. Our friend over, well, he used to be the Daily Dragon. Uh, He decided to have what we believe to be his daughter say her maybe her first words or what her first words were when she was younger i guess so here's here's what she had to say latex sucks and then she dabs and walks away (laughs) so shout out to uh daily dragon for uh you know raising his child we suspect in the ways of cusa twitter hate so and also i want to say that by playing that audio we are in no way endorsing what was said or the message in any kind of course um (laughs) yeah and and also we're gonna talk to brooke store and see if we can get her a women's basketball offer to tech right now so (laughs) (laughs) all right well that about wraps it up this week for the go tech please don't die podcast as always you can follow us on twitter i always struggle with this part but it's at g-o-t-e-c-h-p-l-s-d-n-t-d-i-e or look at our blog for other content we produce throughout the season and throughout the year at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And there's no third host this time. But go tech. Please don't die. Please. going to sign off with Jake by saying that Tech is 2-1 and one all time against the Akron Zips. So you can chew on that while you uh, wait for us to play again. The Zips will always be better. <laughs> <laughs> also a way to bring that up as he's leaving the show. <laughs> yeah, no time to defend himself.